0: No labels, no judgments, no saying you'll never drink again, just real proven methods to help you stop rebelling against yourself with alcohol so you can drink less and do more. I'm your host, Angela Macenic. Let's dig in. Welcome to the bonus podcast series called the Wine Free Workweek Challenge. I challenged my email subscribers and followers to a wine-free 4 days and we met live every day in a private Facebook group and I coached them. And these special podcast episodes are the recording of those live Q&A style coaching calls. We cover the range of topics. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to day 2 of the wine-free work week challenge. I'm so excited to be here. So a little bit about my story is I was somebody that, you know, grew up in a small Indiana town in the Midwest and um, very classic American Midwest, blue collar type family situation. I was, nobody had gone to college or anything in my family. I was the first female in both sides of my family to graduate from college. Um, After I went to Purdue University and after college, I moved to Seattle And I got a job in pharmaceutical sales. And I did that for a long time. I traveled all around. Um, I really got into wine and fine dining. I had an expense account. I was just like, I came from this little tiny small town. And then like I grew up and like went into the big city, had an expense account, was making lots of money, was, you know, mingling with physicians and you know, all of the things going to big sales and marketing meetings, and I got really into food and alcohol, I did over drink a lot in college as well. And I over ate there as well. But it really got into things like it became part of like my um, personality and my lifestyle, it was in that job. And it was like work hard, played hard type of mentality. And I had money and I got to travel and I had this independence and I would, you know, go out for dinner and order a bottle of wine and a nice steak. And I just like got into that routine. And I overdrank a lot and I was significantly overweight. Like I think when I started that job, I gained like 30 pounds. <laughs> and then I would try all the diets to stop do it. Or I would overdrink on the weekends terribly and then. I would gain a bunch of weight and be like, go on some crazy fast to try to get myself back on track. Um, I tried all the diets. So over the years, um, that, you know, that pattern happened. So I'd over drink, overeat when I was over drinking, gain a bunch of weight over the weekend, get rid of all the progress that I'd made during the week, and then put myself on some sort of crazy ass diet. Like, because I was so frustrated with myself and I felt like I needed to fix it quickly. It was like that urgency to lose weight, that urgency to feel better. And then I would try some crazy ass diet, like juice fasts or raw foods, or I would be a vegan or vegetarian, or I would do shakes, um, you know, low carb, South Beach. I mean, Weight Watchers, I think I did that like three times. Any diet that you guys can think of, I've tried. And it was always in that pattern. I get really disgusted with myself with like the drinking and the eating, and then I would do this drastic thing to cut back, and I would have success for a little while, and then I would go back to my old ways, okay, and I did that for 20 years, and then I had kids, and I was also battling with my weight at that time, and I would try to like lose the weight in between the kids. I had the three kids back to back to back really close together, and by the time I had my third kid, It was, you know, we had moved from from California to North Carolina. Um, It was just kind of a crazy time, and I got some pretty bad postpartum depression after my third baby, and I then really started to turn to alcohol to manage my feelings, my high anxiety that I had at the end of the day. Just to get through the evenings, I would drink margaritas. Um, I would find any reason I could to get out of the house, to go drink wine with my friends, Um, It was pretty intense. I did come out of that. But then I was left with a very strong wine habit and alcohol habit to manage my emotions. Um, And that and then that battle just kind of kept going. And I struggled with that for, you know, another five years or so. Um, I went back to work, changed careers. Then I went into healthcare marketing, and I worked in-house in advertising and marketing, intense work hours to travel again, you know, managing clients, all of that stuff, and definitely kept using alcohol along the way, kept dieting, all that thing. And finally, I just, I got to a breaking point in my life. I was just like, what am I doing? You know, I just felt really unfulfilled. I felt like, you know, I had, I what did what was I working for? Just to go to work, to be miserable, come home, drink, put the kids to bed, start the whole day over again. I just felt like I was on Groundhog's Day and I didn't like it. I'm like, there has to be a better way. Okay. So I started looking up things and I actually found the minimalists documentary is like the first thing that really caught my attention. And I watched the minimalist documentary. And it was just like these two guys, they had these corporate, you know, executive jobs and they quit their jobs. They sold everything. They sold their house. They simplified their life. And then they went around traveling all over, um, speaking about minimalism. And so I'm like, oh my God, that's so interesting. They're not living the standard American lifestyle. I'm like, God, that's, I want to do that. So then I started reading about like online business and sell more self-help stuff. And, um, what did I find after that? I remember what I found after I think I started like reading about how I can make money online or blogging or something like that. So I started a blog and I was going to learn how to do that and figure it out and quit my corporate, you know, nine to five, get myself some freedom and undo this, you know, rat race type lifestyle. And then I ended up quitting my job and I was going to work on the blog. It was called Artists and Angela and I wrote recipes and I talked about travel, Um, but I was still over drinking and still kind of caught up in that cycle. And then I found life coaching. Somebody recommended that I listen to the Life Coach School podcast and I listened to that podcast and I started applying some of the things that they said. And finally, I decided to hire the coach and I went all in on losing weight because that was the one thing that I had been constantly struggling with, like Even before the drinking, I was on a diet when I was like eight years old. Like I, my parents wanted me to lose weight when I was eight years old. You guys, like I was on slim fast and diets and they made me exercise and like all this stuff. So like she made me think about, look at the one problem that you've had through your whole life. What the one thing that's been bugging you or been at the back of your mind, you've been trying to pursue, but you haven't been able to figure out, pick that thing to go all in on. So I decided to pick my pick weight loss. And at the same time, I chose to work on my weight for the last freaking time. I'm like, this is it. (laughs) This is the last time I'm going to lose weight. Um, I recognized that the alcohol was in the way. And so I took a long-term break from alcohol. I decided to give myself a break until I got to my goal weight and I went to solve my desire for alcohol. And I had no idea how much alcohol was affecting my life until I got away from it, until I started seeing what it had been doing to me and to my mind and to my relationships and all of this stuff. Um, I eventually went back to moderating my drinking a little bit, but got my desire reduced so down that I just really didn't see a place where I changed the way I thought about every area in my life. I lost all the weight. And by the time I decided to like, be like, I think I'm done drinking, my life looked completely different. I decided to become a life coach because it was so compelling to me and the rest is history. So now I don't drink. Um, but I also like my mission is to help women stop over drinking because there's really not a lot of other options. It's either all or nothing. Right. And I think that holds a lot of us back. They're like, ah, I don't want to join a program that is just about quitting drinking. I want to be able to have a glass or two of wine if I want to. And that's where I was when I started. If I had started or were or was invited to start addressing my alcohol issues by abstinence as being the only option, I wouldn't have done that. And so I, I want to be this place where I can help you explore all the different options in a healthy way and that you get to decide what kind of relationship with alcohol that you want to have after a full evaluation of it in your life and not feeling like you have to make a choice. You get to decide based on what you want to do not have to do. So that's just, that's just a little bit about me and my story my evolution. Um, let me know if you guys have any questions about that. <laughs> I'm going to read your comments. Yes. Every diet since eight. Yeah, it's it's tough, right? Like this is, you know, we're in a diet culture and it definitely impacted the way we think and the way we show up um, and do our things. Like the distraction that all of that holds in our brains is crazy. How often are we thinking about food, measuring our food, counting calories, all of that bullshit, right, that we think about? and 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 what could we be thinking about instead? Like we could probably all be surgeons <laughs> or like be, you know, like go and get a second degree and start a side job with as much time as we think about this shit, right? You guys are welcome. Okay. Yes, it's a vicious cycle. Yes. Well, thank you. I'm glad you guys can relate to it. I know it relates to so many people just know this. I'm not, I'm not like some special unicorn that can do this shit. I learned how to manage my mind and to think differently about my life. And I learned how to feel my feelings. Those two things. Now I can control my thoughts to get exactly the outcome that I want in my life. And that's a skill that I teach my clients how to do all it's available to every single one of you guys. If you're showing up here you're on technology, (laughs) you're doing the work that I'm, you know, recommending you're doing in this four-day challenge, it's absolutely 100% possible for you to do this. You're already doing it right now. So just keep going, okay? You're so welcome. Okay. I'm gonna to have to come back and read your comments before <laughs> because I can't go back and, and read them all. But if you guys note if you have any questions, write them down real quick. And when it comes time to the questions. I'm happy to answer any questions you have or coach you on anything. If you feel like you need to ask me something about that. Okay. <sighs> You're so welcome you guys. Okay, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was our thoughts. Because this is, you know, like as, as the, um, the first assignment in the challenge yesterday was to think, look at what you're currently thinking. And then like in the times when you want to drink, right? And then I asked you to write a new thought that you could have in place of that old repetitive thought that tells you that you need wine to relax, right? And you did that. And it probably helped you get through the evening last night, right? So this is the power that our thoughts have in our lives, our thoughts literally create the results that we have in our life. Okay, so if you are an over drinker, it's because of how you are thinking about alcohol. As simple as I can make it sound, okay, your thoughts about alcohol and your relationship with it and what you think it does for you is creating the result of you being an over drinker, not the alcohol. I know you guys want to challenge me on that, but it is your alcohol sits on a shelf. And it doesn't do anything until we have a thought about it, okay? And then we create this story around it that makes us desire alcohol, and then we drink it. And then usually when we overdrink that, we have this result where we are now is being an overdrinker, okay? And then also our thoughts about how much we drank the night before causes our feelings that drive our actions to drinking more. Okay, so it's always, we always got to back it up to see how we're thinking. All right, so our thoughts, our sentences that we have in our brain create our feelings in our body. And then our feelings in our body drive our actions. It's a think, feel, act. If you guys remember those three things, think, feel, and act. Those three things combined create our experience in our lives. Okay, and you can see this on a very micro level. Okay, so I posted earlier in the Facebook group about your experience of this challenge is based on how you're thinking. Some people think it's fun. Some people think it's hard. That experience is based on your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. Okay, so your thoughts, this is hard, this sucks, Why, why do I keep doing this, is a thought that creates a negative feeling in your body. Okay, and then our negative feelings drive our actions. Right, We might ruminate, we might spin out, we might fight with ourselves, we might go hide, we might drink. That creates our whole experience. Okay, So our thoughts create our feelings. Our feelings drive our actions, and then our actions and that full picture, the thought, feeling, action creates our experience. So the power and the beauty of managing your mind and getting aware of your thoughts, I recommend journaling every day to dump out your thoughts. Yeah, think, feel, act. I'm repeating it for Melissa creates your experience. So go think plus feel plus act equals experience. And your experience is like your description of whatever it is that you're doing in your life. For example, in this challenge, some of you are having a great experience and it's how you're thinking about it, which creates your feelings, which drives your actions. Some of you are having a negative experience. You think it's hard, you feel exhausted, and you spin out in your brain, that creates a negative feeling, which probably drives more actions that you don't want to take. That, that will create your experience, okay? It's the same thing with our jobs. Same thing with our relationships. It's the same thing what we think about ourselves. Think, same things we think about money, the future, all of that. Think, feel, act creates our experience, okay? So I recommend... The first step to start managing your mind to create the results that you want to have in your life. If you don't want to be an over drinker, we have to uncover what we're thinking. You have to. Okay. And the people that are willing to do this will make changes. The people that don't want to, they don't want to dig in and do that kind of work won't make changes. And this will just be another thing that they try and they'll go back to their own ways. Okay. So dump out your feelings in a journal every day like, or your thoughts every day in a journal. So like, this is what I do first thing in the morning. This is how I take care of myself to, to make it so that I don't want to drink. Okay, you guys ready? I'm gonna tell you. (laughs) Every morning I wake up and I journal. I dump out my thoughts in in my journal. Okay. I just write and write and write. Like what happened yesterday? You know, like I'm sure I'll come up with, you know, like this morning I wrote about, you know, deleting the comment on that I drank last night and I worked myself through that and I came to a conclusion about what I wanted to think about that, you know, and then I wrote out like all the things that I had to do today and I kind of circled and and put them in order. Like I'm going to get this done and this done, this done, and then I'm going to feel like a total badass and I've got this, and this is going to be an amazing day and I'm going to make sure I pause and breathe. That's journaling. That's working on your mind and, and working through stuff. Okay. And when you do that after you're done with that, You just feel ready to go. You've you've dumped out everything in your brain. You've intentionally thought about the experience that you want to have that day and then you go because you feel good. And then from your feelings, it drives all your actions. Okay, so that's one thing about managing your mind. The other thing I do is I do not look at my phone or get on social media until I do that. When you look at your phone, when you work, first wake up in the morning, your, your, your brain's not even awake yet. It's just Like it just starts the anxiety right away. And then you like get distracted and you might go down some wormhole on Facebook. And then all of a sudden an hour has passed, You're like, shit, I got to get ready for work. And then you start, you know what I mean? Like you start anxiously rushing through your day and then you feel stressed. And then at the end of the day, you look to release yourself from that. Okay, so to be successful, the way I support myself, and I believe it's the reason why I feel so good and energized, and I I can do so much work during the day, and I have three little kids that are homeschooling, my husband also works from home, you know what I mean, (laughs) like I have a lot going on, but I don't feel overwhelmed or stressed about that, because I manage my mind, so I would recommend that you guys do that, and then look at how you're thinking And how it makes you feel. And then ask yourself, is this a good, is there a different way I can think about this? Our thoughts are all able to be changed. All of them. Okay. Coaching can really help you here. Like having somebody help you identify where you're off track and what you're thinking, or just to show you that it's just a thought, not a fact, (laughs) can be super helpful. All right. So that's what I want to talk. Remember, the thoughts create our feelings, feelings drive our actions, and then you get your experience and you get to decide ahead of time. This is what's so fun about being a human is that you get to decide ahead of time what your experience will be like before it happens. That's super fun. So like this weekend, as you guys are going into Friday, you know, like, let's look and make sure you have written out the experience that you want to have before it happens. So I'm guessing... Most of you don't want to go chug a bottle of wine on Friday night, right? No. (laughs) Like you don't want to, you want to take what you've learned here and apply it long term, right? So you don't want to just like be like, well, we'll see how it goes. That's not going to help you be successful. (laughs) Okay, so like you want to plan ahead to the experience that you want to have. This is what I recommend my clients do. Think about... Like if you do have plans on Friday, let's just say you have plans to meet up with friends on Friday. Okay. And there's gonna be alcohol involved, you're planning to drink, but you don't want to overdrink. And you you think of like you want to uncover what you're currently thinking about your abilities to do that. Okay, so if it's like I'm worried I'm gonna overdrink, we'll see how it goes. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to not to stick to my plan, all of those types of thoughts, you want to write them down and then be like, okay, how do I feel when I think these thoughts? Is it nervous, anxious, worried? You know that those feelings will drive you to drink because you don't, it doesn't feel good, right? And we are driven into action by how we feel. So I recommend that you decide, like, look ahead past Friday night. Like, what do you wanna feel on Saturday morning when you wake up? You wanna feel accomplished, proud of yourself, well rested, right? I honored my plan last night. That was amazing. I had fun. I went out with my friends. I had my two drinks that I planned for. That feels amazing, okay? That's the story you wanna tell, that's the experience that you wanna have, right? That's your goal. So now, before Friday, we wanna start thinking about living that experience on Friday. So it, in your journal, you would wanna write like, on Friday, I'm gonna have my two dreams, I'm gonna have so much fun with my friends, I'm not gonna overthink about alcohol, and I'm super excited to do it. You guys notice the difference between that, those thoughts versus, I don't know if I can, we'll see how it goes totally different right you got to tell your brain what to think program it with the thoughts that will help you achieve your goals all right yes yes we all know the things but helping us to refocus yes you guys need to make time for yourself your brain is the most important tool that you have it's the most powerful tool on the whole planet brains have what created all of this technology, phones, cars, running water, electricity, all of it, right? Somebody had an idea or a thought, a sentence in their brain that drove them to feel committed, excited, curious. And from that place, they went into action to develop that. And now we get to experience all this lifestyle. Your brain has the same power. Those people just don't give up. They keep going. They stay committed. They refocus, Right. They manage their brains. You guys can do that too. Okay. Can you provide more details on how to begin journaling? You literally, Debbie, you just start, you just get out a piece of paper. Like you could just practice right after this call and be like, what did I think about that? What did I learn from that call? What do I want to keep? Like just ask yourself a few questions to like get your brain thinking and then you just dump out what your brain's thinking. That's it. It doesn't have to be complete sentences. It could just like you, are you know, tried tonight before dinner or after dinner. What am I thinking right now? I'm tired. I had a lot to do today. My kids are driving me crazy. I don't have time for myself. Like all those types of thoughts will be in there. You just want to dump them out on paper and look at them. Just that process alone will be very relieving for you. We have 60,000 thoughts a day. 60,000 thoughts a day. 90% of those are repetitive thoughts that we carry from day to day to day. I think you guys are probably seeing that, right? Like the same thoughts you have about alcohol show up in the same time in the same place every day, right? If you can shift a couple of those thoughts, it'll help in all areas of your life. question. What if you're not feeling ready to drink again on Friday? My ultimate goal, lost that one. Hold on. I think you said my ultimate goal is to work on not over drinking. I would say if you don't want to drink, don't drink. I would make a plan though. So if you guys don't want to drink after this, if you want to keep going, you just want to write it down. Every day in your journal, no drinks or make like a seven day drink plan. This is what I recommend my clients do is like plan out your drinks for the, for, for a week. So even if you don't want to drink, you, you would write that out. No drinks Monday, no drinks Tuesday, no drinks, you know what I mean? So you have to cement in your daily goal out of your brain onto paper and make, make it an actionable plan. I am a planner for work. So planning is not the problem for me. I overplan and then I get disappointed. Any suggestions? So Mimi, I, I need more details there. Like what, what are you over planning? Like the actions that you want to do during the day? Give me a little bit more detail there. Yeah, Trisha says it'll be a different type of planning. Instead of planning to buy my wine supply at the grocery, we'll plan alternative yummy beverages. Yeah, plan to set your guys' self up with success. Don't leave yourself hanging without options. You know, like think about what you're going to feel on Friday. Are you going to be tired? Are you going to want to unwind? How can you support that yourself now by getting the, the supplies that you need for Friday if you don't want to drink? I feel like I need to avoid some people that are bad influences. Brenda asks, do you end bad relationships. That's an interesting question. Um, I don't. I haven't really had to end any relationships in this process. Um, You definitely want to protect yourself like emotionally and I would say I ended obligations. So, like, I stopped doing things that I felt obligated to do or, like, I should do it because that would make me a good friend or a good family member or a good mother to, you know, school type stuff. If I didn't want to do it and it wasn't a huge benefit in my life, I stopped doing it to make other people happy or to check some box. So that's, that's I think, kind of naturally I didn't put myself around people that I didn't really want to be around. And I was okay with them being disappointed in me not doing those things. So I turned down a lot of invitations to things because I just didn't have the energy. And I didn't want to have to drink to get through anything anymore. Like I wanted to go if I wanted to go. It's because I wanted to actually be around those people and have a good time where I found some value in going, but not because like everybody else was going or some other obligatory type feeling, right? friends that drink a lot. Yeah. All of my friends still drink. All of my family still drink. My husband still drinks. You don't want to avoid those things because then you're not, you're just staying at home with no interaction. Like that's not fun either. So with this work and how I teach it to you is you've got to get comfortable being around alcohol. <laughs> alcohol is everywhere. It's on our television shows. It's, you know, it's on our social media feeds. It's in our society. We're influenced by alcohol in our society it's everywhere we're taught that alcohol should be a part of our lives and if it's and if we can't handle it that we have a problem so we just have to see that for what it is and then work on our desire for alcohol allowing our urges you know managing our mind so that we can be around it it's just not a big deal and you can still love all of your people Now, you have to decide if those people, like you actually want to have relationships with them. So a lot of my friends, you know, drink and they would just keep on drinking until the night. So I would go for the beginning part of the evening and then I would leave two hours later. They still wanted to stay up all night and party. So I would decide to go home and go to bed at that point. Or if we were vacationing together, be like, I'm going to bed, guys. Love you. See you in the morning. And I would bounce at 10 o'clock. And yes, there was peer pressure, but I'm like, I still love you. Good night. Good night. And I would go and then I would wake up at five thirty and go exercise and like cook them all breakfast while they're all hung over. Like it just wasn't a big deal. You just need to be confident in yourself and know that they're still going to like you and, you know, go have a good time, but have that boundary for yourself and not for them, but for yourself to know your limits. And if you're tired, you should leave. Okay. Lori says, I'm going to be honest with myself. I'm the one who needs to stop being a negative influence. Encouraging my friends to go places where drinking is the focus. Listen, Lori, I was that person. I swear my my friends and coworkers would be like, I love you, but you suck. Like I always am suffering the next day when I hang out with you. I think they were all relieved when I decided to do this. (laughs) They all got a lot more sleep and had less hangovers. That's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) You were surprised about how many songs in my playlist talked about alcohol. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Sometimes using alcohol around certain family members is a tactic to make it easier. No, we don't need to do that. It's okay if you feel a little uncomfortable or frustrated with your family members. It doesn't mean that you need to drink. Also decide what you actually want to do. And don't be doing things out of obligation. Just don't. You got to protect yourself, especially in the beginning. Once you get further down the line, you'll have more tolerance for stuff like this, you know, and you'll be able to manage your mind better. And all of that being in the beginning, when you're like where you guys are right now, most of you is that you need to protect yourself and you need to set yourself up for success. And so being around a cranky family member that might trigger you is you might decide not to do that right now. That's okay. But eventually you want to learn how to be in those situations. And, and be okay with, with feeling a little uncomfortable sometimes. That's okay. Advice for living with somebody that's a heavy drinker. My advice for that is you just focus on you. You just have to focus on you and stop thinking about what the other person is doing or not doing. My husband was a heavy drinker too when I went through this. Heavy. Every day. Whiskey. Like, you know, we both were heavy, heavy drinkers. And I decided to do this for myself. And I was so focused on my own goals. Yes, it would have been nice for him to do it with me. But I, I dropped those expectations and focused on myself. And whenever I found myself thinking that he should be more supportive, or he shouldn't be doing these things. And especially once I learned this, like what I'm telling you about our brains and our thoughts and our feelings, I wanted to teach it to everybody, especially him. And it doesn't work. You guys like I made that guy go on all the diets that I ever tried when we were together. And it just sucks. Like I'm pushing my agenda on him all the time. It's just no place to be. I decided to not push it this time. And guess what happened? Like several months later, he stopped over drinking. He lost his shit ton of weight and he barely drinks anymore. They will follow along, but you got to take the lead in a way that's supportive for you and not making it about them. Okay, you just have to be strong, just exit, just like I'm going to go work on I'm going to go watch some self help videos and do a little self development. Go listen to some podcasts like I instead of watching TV at night, I would go up into my bedroom and watch videos and listen to podcasts and do this work, you know, similar to what I'm teaching you here. And you just got to let them be them. We'd have date nights and stuff. Let them drink you focus on you. That's my advice for everything. Um, How many days is considered a relapse. I have no idea. We don't I don't use that language at all. There's no relapsing. There's drinking or not drinking. This is not traditional like AA stuff. This is You know, this four days is just a challenge to give yourself a break and we're uncovering some patterns for you in these four days. Right. So I don't even if you drink in this four days. It's not a relapse. That's just you drank. There's no story attached to that. There's no meaning attached to that. I don't think about relapses at all. I haven't drank. It'll be almost three years and I would never think I had a relapse if I chose to drink. I don't think that I don't make a promise to myself that I'll never drink in the future. It's just not the language that I use. I don't feel like it's helpful. Like if your ultimate goal is to not drink, that's absolutely fine. But think about how you feel when you use that language. I fucked up. Now I have to start over at square one. I relapsed. When you say I relapsed, how does that feel for you? If it feels okay and it's not a problem for you, you can, you can use that language, but just check in with yourself. For all of you, if you guys are using that kind of language, does it feel good in your body or does it feel shameful and guilt? Right. If it feels those things, let's just not use it. Let's drop that language. You'd be like, I drink. That's it. I can keep going. Right. There's no to expect perfection here is, is not something I recommend. Rhonda, you absolutely can do this. Um, Kimberly, do I find it easier to not drink at all and then to have a plan and count your drinks? (laughs) you guys listen this is what's happening you guys want to find the easiest way to do this and that's exactly a good sign of your brain functioning normal it's easier to say I'm not going to drink probably than to plan and be conscious with your alcohol okay but if you want freedom around alcohol and you want to be able to occasionally have a glass or two of wine without over drinking then you need to practice that and not be scared of failing Okay, and that's going to take some conscious effort, planning your drinks ahead of time. If your goal is to never drink again, then let's make that your goal and we'll work towards it. But most people want the freedom of just like in the moment they decide I want to have a couple drinks and then they don't want to overdo it. So to be that person, you have to practice. And that means planning your drinks ahead of time, working through urges after you've had two or three drinks, all of that. Neroni says, I'm stoked to go home and wash my car windows. Yay. Question. Sue, is it normal to feel so anxious? Day two, hard to relax, thinking a lot about wanting a drink, but want to be strong and prove I can do this. Sue, I would rem- I would recommend that you just kind of check in with yourself and allow that want for the drink to be there. Okay. You wanting the drink isn't a problem. I promise. All of you guys, if you want the drink tonight, it's not a problem. Think about this. Want is desire. That's it. Think about like desiring sex or desiring really yummy food. Okay. Or desiring, Ooh, I'm really excited to go on vacation. That's desire, right? It feels like a pull towards something. That feeling actually feels good. If you think about it, it feels like exciting, energizing. It's a desire to do something. Okay. That's what the want is. What makes it a problem is that you're judging yourself for having it. I want the drink, but I don't want to drink. And so that conflict that you have for yourselves feels hard. That's that holding that beach ball under the water. Okay. That's that resistance. We don't want that. So when you find yourself wanting the drink, like, Oh, of course I want to drink. I normally drink every night and you allow yourself to experience that desire and that want that urge to drink. Okay. So you take a deep breath and you stop thinking, get out of your head and go into your body and and describe how that feeling feels. Does it feel tight? Does it feel pressure? Does it feel hard? Where is it sitting in your body and go in and breathe and process Describe the feeling and breathe and process and feel. And tell yourself, it's not a problem. It's not a problem that I feel like this. I'm going to allow myself to feel this and experience the urge and the desire to drink, okay? And once you come down from that, then you can start back on managing your brain. Like, you know, I'm not drinking. If I have urges and then want for it, I'm gonna process and feel those. And just keep doing that, okay? Don't fight with yourself about it though. I want to not drink. That's like, I'm committed to doing this. I'm going to get through it. And you're like critting your teeth and white knuckling. No fun. Waste zaps your energy. And you will lose energy and lose steam. And then your urges will kick in and you'll give in. And then you'll just feed on that desire going forward. Okay. So that's what I would practice. Did you guys all listen to White Knuckling versus Allowing the Urge podcast? If you guys are having urges, you're starting now worrying about tonight, go listen to that podcast. It's like 15 minutes long. Um, Amanda, if you're here, can you post the link for that podcast episode? Again, I think it was number 16. <laughs> Nareen says, I love your transparency and complete honesty. You are that person. Truth telling, not necessarily what we want to hear, but what we need to hear. Thank you. Thank you for saying that because listen, Like, I am not like your best friend, right? If you want to go complain and whine and get support that way, that's fine. Like, go call on your friend, but I'm your coach, and I'm going to coach you to get the best outcome that you can, and that's going to feel a little uncomfortable sometimes. (laughs) You guys did listen to the podcast. Good. Yeah. Any tips on how to stop thinking about drinking all the time, said Tracy. It shouldn't be such a dominating thought in our minds. Excellent question, Tracy. Yes. So this is what my coach told me. And this is what I'm telling all of my clients. You have to think about what somebody who doesn't overdrink thinks like, okay, so think about me. I don't drink. Do you think that I'm thinking about alcohol at all during the day? The only time I ever think about alcohol is when I'm talking to you guys. Yes, it's my full-time job, but in my own day-to-day life, I'm not thinking about, oh, my God, I'm going to have a drink tonight, and what's it going to be, and do I have my favorite wine, or I'm going to so-and-so's house, are they going to have my wine, or I'm going out to dinner tonight, and they better have my favorite wine. I don't like that bar because they don't have my favorite wine. Right? None of that exists in my brain. So I want you guys to imagine somebody – Maybe somebody you know, or you can use me that doesn't think about alcohol. Like sometimes people's religions, they don't drink, right? Like there's no alcohol. They don't worry about alcohol because they never drink it. Like that thought process doesn't exist in their brains. So think about somebody that doesn't drink and wonder what they think about, right? So when you find yourself thinking about alcohol or daydreaming about it or thinking about it too much, you just got to be like, you know what? Somebody that overdrink doesn't think about that. I'm going to think about something else. And then you just literally redirect your brain. This is what I would do. I'd be like, oh, I would think, ooh, sunny outside. It'd be really nice to have margaritas right now. And I'm like, oh, I don't think that way anymore. And then I would redirect. I'd be like, oh, it's so nice outside. Or I'd go pet the cat. You got you to gotta notice when it's happening and then redirect. We don't think that way anymore. The person that doesn't overdrink doesn't think like that. Hey, Kristen, she says, you are awesome. Hit some, it's on me, just need to stick with it. I agree. You got this, Kristen. Thank you, Amanda, for posting that um, link. Carrie says, my urges seem to pop into my head and make the steering wheel turn towards the liquor store. First of all, urges can't do that. They drive us to take action, but we are always still in control of the actions that we take. 100% 100% all the time. We might be at the effect of our feelings. Our feelings are driving our actions. We're still making a choice. Like really take that on, own that. Don't beat yourself up about that. But like nobody is turning the, the wheel, the steering wheel. Nobody's pouring the wine in the wine glass. Nobody's opening up that cabinet door in your kitchen. Nobody's getting in their car. Like nobody's doing that. Like there's no, no magic happening here. <laughs> You guys need to are making decisions to do that based on how you feel. You can also make decisions not to. You can say, I want to drink. I'm going to feel and process this, and I'm not going to drink. You all have the capability to do that. You just need to learn how to be with your urges and your desires the right way that isn't exhausting. And that's the way I teach it, by allowing and processing versus the white-knuckling, resisting, distracting type of behavior. How long? A question was, how long do you suggest taking a break from wine before you try to have one or two drinks? It's up to you. I would just make that decision. There's no right or wrong decisions with this stuff, guys. There really isn't. I wouldn't deliberate on that decision too long. Just make a decision. If you want to drink, plan your drinks with your goals in mind, right? Like don't plan to drink two bottles of wine. That wouldn't be any fun or have your best interests, right? Just make a decision and then have your own back on it. That's what you got to do. And then evaluate, be willing to evaluate if you drink more than your plan drinks. Or if you drink off, if, if you plan not to drink and you end up drinking, be willing to do an evaluation there. That's where I'm telling you guys, that's where all of the magic happens is in your failures. All of it, even if you're suffering with like overeating and stuff, like if you can capture what you were thinking in the moment that you drank. And get that out on paper and a look at it, it will be so much more conscious to yourself the next time you're in that situation and your brain has those same thoughts. You'll be able to easily recognize them and be like, ooh, that's the one that got me into trouble last time. Come on to you, brain. We're not doing that today. It it just really does help. It's It's that commitment that you have for yourself in that moment of that failure, which makes all the difference in the world. I promise you. If you're willing, if you want to drink, do the evaluation, what worked, what didn't work, what would I do differently next time in your journal and spend some time with it, okay? Hmm. What questions am I missing? If you guys asked questions, just hashtag question again and post it again if I miss anything because I can't scroll back up. Carrie says, I might not think about it all day, and then something triggers it, and boom. Yeah, so what are the triggers? So in the workbook that I sent out, I I gave you guys an area in there for obstacles. So if you know that you have triggers, like we probably know that about ourselves, Like, like maybe it's the husband not taking out the trash, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's our kids, right, or a family member that triggers us you know what those are, because I'm guessing they've happened repeatedly. You need to identify your triggers and have a solution for yourself for how you're gonna handle that and write it down. And when it happens, you're like, oh, you know, stay conscious. I had a different way I was gonna handle this than drink this time. That's how I would recommend you do it. Do I follow a specific eating plan now? Nope. I don't follow any diets. I plan my food 24 hours in advance. That's all I do. I write down what I'm going to eat outside of the moment in which I'm eating it in. (laughs) I make decisions about my food just like I recommend that you guys do with alcohol. Outside of the urge, outside of the, ooh, I feel like having this tonight. I don't make those decisions in the moment. This is what I do. I plan my food 24 hours in advance. I eat when I'm hungry and I stop when I'm satisfied, not full, and I drink a lot of water. I generally I avoid sugar and processed foods, but I don't eliminate them. I still, you know, eat chocolate. Sometimes I have ice cream. I sometimes I eat pizza, chips. Not very often. You know, I like to eat foods that make me feel good, that give me a lot of energy, that can sustain me through the day. But I don't follow a specific diet plan and I don't recommend that you guys do either at all. If you guys just ate when you were hungry and stopped when you're satisfied, you wouldn't be overweight if that's your issue. Promise. And you stop making those like feel good decisions to eat in the moment, you wouldn't have a weight issue. Same thing with drinking. If you stop drinking from your emotions, you wouldn't be an over drinker. Like if you're really conscious about all of it, you wouldn't have any issues. (laughs) The hard part is when you do that, when you say I'm not going to be emotionally eating or I'm not going to emotionally drink, you're left with your emotions. And then there's the work on fixing that, right? Learning how to feel, processing your feelings, and then changing the way you think so that you feel less of those triggering emotions. And that's the work that people don't want to do because it's, it's hard and it takes a while. But if you do it, then this, that, you get the results that I have and that my clients have. It's like long-term success, no going backwards, tools that you can use for the rest of your life hey if you liked this recording and want to take this work to the next level i highly encourage you to apply me in the stop over drinking and start living program applications are currently open so all you have to do is click the link in the podcast notes and go over to the site there's three short videos to watch there the problem the solution and the details of my program watch all three short videos read through that site and click apply to join me. There's no obligation to get your application in, but we are filling up for the rest of 2020 right now. And I'm about to raise my prices for 2021. So if you've been on the fence about this and you have been inspired and want to take this work to the next level, now is your chance, my friends. So get over there, click the link in the show notes and apply to join me and stop over drinking and start living. See you there.